Welcome to Dollars and Cents with a couple of gents Making money moves with the finest of gents Come and pull up a seat cause we're proud to present How to make some good decisions when you're on the fence Rob and Steve gonna tell you how to do it the best Hello and welcome to another episode of Dollars and Cents with a couple of gents I'm Stephen Ellis And I'm Robert Wolfson And we are the gents <laughs> Suspenseful, are. that was just kept yeah, that suspense. was suspenseful <laughs> We are Dramatic Pause the gents. In case you're expecting a different answer, but yeah, one of these days we'll we'll say something different just to catch you off guard, or not. Yeah, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. No, that's a movie. That's copyrighted. We can't use that. Yeah, we'd be the duo too. We're not. We're not a full league. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> a small one. Yeah, a very <laughs> a small, small league. Yeah, ping pong. It's a ping pong league. <laughs> Table tennis. Anyway, Rob, we shouldn't be joking around. I don't think some serious things going on in the world. Very serious. It hasn't been fun out there. No. Certainly in our line of business. I don't think for anybody with everything that's happening right now, it just seems uh, like there's a lot going on and, you know, things just keep getting piled on. And I think sometimes you can have volatility in the markets, but sometimes it doesn't impact everybody. But with some of the reasons that are causing the market volatility, this truly is one where it impacts everyone, not just Wall Street, but also Main Street, as they say. Yeah. And I think that's the big difference. Like you say, it's it's kind of hit Main Street. It's hitting everyone in the pocketbook right now. We're seeing rates go up. If you've got mortgages, I think there's some stress around that. Going to the grocery store is expensive, filling your car. So I think people are starting to feel that that personal stress for sure. I heard an amazing stat just listening to a different podcast a couple of weeks ago about how we had a huge rise in the real estate market and a bit of a huge bubble. Uh, and people who are looking couldn't really buy because they couldn't afford the price of houses. And now two, three months later, people can't buy because they can't afford the price of the mortgage. Like yeah. it's just crazy how much it's changed just in a couple months time. Yeah, Rob. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about today is, is interest rates. Uh, we'll talk about inflation. You know, we're seeing inflation that, you know, is approaching levels that sort of start, I think are giving older generations a little PTSD when you think back to the 80s, we're obviously not at that stage yet. But for certain generations, we haven't seen inflation uh, like this. And same thing with interest rates, right? It's a bit of sticker shock where, you know, a lot of the younger generations haven't seen interest rates at this level. So we'll talk about it again. I think we want to give our listeners some peace of mind if we can. It's not all doom and gloom, but it's also not all roses out there. And I think we have to be realistic in terms of what our expectations are for the next, you know, three months, six months, a year, and even beyond. So Rob, let's start with big picture and uh, go through some of the things that uh, we're seeing both from an economic and market perspective. So Steve, from the bigger picture perspective, there's been lots of conflicting situations that are happening all at the same time to start 2022 you, you know a couple overlapping crises which is really dampening investor confidence um, and you mentioned the first one already just the huge rise in inflation and just really fast and in inflation at multi-decade highs that we haven't seen since the early 80s but on top of that is obviously the geopolitical tensions happening in europe the war between russia and ukraine and the impact on food energy inflation particularly and all of these things have banded together and are compounding impacting corporate spending you know growth estimates for companies for corporate earnings and just investor confidence in general and as you talked about just people if they want to get out there and spend some money discretionarily and they may not do that because they're worried about just the cost of living and 
paying for their staples, their food, their energy, their utilities, their clothing, all that stuff is rising. So you tend to do less of the fun stuff because you have to pay for the necessities first. Right. And we're still not through the supply chain issues that we saw arise as a result of COVID as well. Go back to what you said about things overlapping. The war in the Ukraine is compounding that issue as well. So, you know, as much as we're seeing rates rise and central banks increase interest rates to try and control inflation, there's only so much that that monetary policy can tackle, so to speak, right, when you're seeing these other factors like supply chain issues that are contributing to it as well. So most recently, the U.S. printed 9.1% inflation, and even Canada just this week came out at 8.1% inflation. But inflation is always backward-looking, so we look at the data from a month or two months ago, then we print the data, whereas rates are kind of in the markets more forward-looking. So what's happening now is even, even commodities like gasoline, although we don't really see it here in Calgary that much, but gasoline has started to come down a little bit. Even in the U.S., I think gasoline's gone from $5 a gallon down to about four fifty, even some, you know four and a quarter in some states. So you've had a decline in gasoline prices. Wheat prices are lower, lumber prices are lower, iron prices. So lots of the base metals are lower than even what they were before the war started. But it just takes time for that to filter through the economy. And so as soon as we see those inflation numbers peak out, we look forward and that will give investors a bit of confidence, but it's not going to go from nine back down to two where we were before the pandemic. So it's going to take time, but we just need to see it peak out around the top of the hill and start to come down the other side of the hill. And that will give investors a bit more confidence that we, the worst is behind us. Right. And to be clear, we, we may see two again. We, we're just not expecting it in the, in the near, in future. the near future. That's right. right. Exactly. And obviously it's a hard task for the central bankers to, thread the needle to raise rates to the exact right amount and to get us to that point. It's going to take a bit of work and there's it's going to be a bit rocky in the middle, but we may get there again. It's just going to take some time. Right. So we've moved beyond big picture a little bit. We started talking about interest rates. So let's just continue along that, that vein. You know, I think one of the issues with interest rates is that we don't know where they're going to land. Right. There's this uncertainty around how much the central banks are going to raise rates. And I think that uncertainty really leads to a lack of consumer confidence. And and we're seeing that in the markets right now. I think that's one of the reasons that we're seeing the markets down is that level of uncertainty. And we often say the markets don't like uncertainty. So I think once we have a bit more clarity in terms of where the central banks are going to get to, we start to see inflation get under control a little bit. Uh, we should then return back to call it fundamental investing. And to that point, Rob, what we're seeing right now is we're seeing trading based on sentiment, right? And that sentiment, you could say fear, lack of confidence, what have you, versus fundamental investing. So that's a distinct uh, difference that we often see when we're when we look at what's happening in the markets is is it trading on sentiment or is it trading on fundamentals? And I think right now we're still seeing that market trade on sentiment. So the big debate right now, Steve, is whether or not we're heading towards a recession or not. Are the central bankers trying to slow down demand so much that they're going to put us into recession? And the short answer is yes. But we don't know. Part B of the answer is, is it going to be a soft landing or a hard landing? So just soft, short, not that protracted or very deep recession. And, and no one will know and we won't know till afterwards, but the rates will still need to stay higher longer just to cool down that demand 
uh, make sure consumers, which we are a consumer-driven economy, they don't spend as much, and that will bring prices down in the long term. Right, Rob. You talk about spending. I mean, consumer spending, corporate spending, you know, all of that contraction certainly will lead to and has led to uh, a revision down in, in terms of growth estimates from a global economic standpoint. So where we thought we were going to be this time sort of coming out of COVID, obviously that's changed quite dramatically here in the last, say, six months and certainly is expected to continue for quite some time. This is not going to be something that's going to be solved overnight when we look at all of the different factors that are associated with what we're seeing right now. Certainly not going to be resolved overnight, so to speak. So, Rob, let's talk a little bit about the markets. We're obviously seeing the markets come down. Maybe you can talk to what the markets have done so far this year, sort of where we're at and whether we're in a market correction or an actual bear market. I mean, so the technical definition of a bear market is down 20%. And and for sure on the American market, Steve, the S&P 500, the Dow Jones, the NASDAQ, we've entered into bear market territory. The TSX is faring a little bit better. So we're more in corrective territory, but from a sentiment perspective, as we've talked about, it definitely feels like we're in a bear market, even in Canada. We're only down about 15% on the TSX. And I say only, not to be flipped, but yeah, 15% is still a big number. It's amazing because it is the worst start uh, to equity markets. This is an S&P 500 number, Steve. So the biggest 500 companies in the U.S., a great barometer of the economy with the U.S. being uh, one of the leading consumer economies in the world. But this is only the sixth time going back to 1930, where the S&P 500 has had greater than 15% negative returns to start uh, a calendar year. But I'm looking at a chart that I found, and 100% of the time, the market finishes up, not up, but recovers from the bottom uh, throughout the rest of the year, on average, about 15%. So it's just a matter of being, we've as we've talked about in our previous podcast, it's about time in the market and not timing the market. So stay the course, stay invested. But to your earlier question about are we in a correction or bear market? So yes, bear market. But I think the good news is looking at the silver lining is typically there's always an intra-year correction. Every year we have some sort of volatility, which causes a bit of a run to the exits. Some people that take some cash off the table. Typically those are about 10 to 15% in depth and magnitude. We're over 20% on the S&P 500, about 30% on the NASDAQ, about 15% on the TSX. So a lot of the bad news is being priced into the market. So definitely we need to look forward. And any green shoots, I think, will cause investors to find some value and put some money back into the markets. And I think the markets really have priced in a lot of that recession risk. It is worth noting that the average decline peak to trough during a recession is about 25 to 30%. Now that's in the U.S. and we use U.S. data. So again, that suggests there may be a little bit more to go, but that we're, we're certainly more than halfway there. We're we'll close. Say. We're yeah. definitely close. We like to think we're close here. So, so if that gives it, uh, you know, our listeners a little bit of peace of mind as well, and obviously that's historical data, we can't predict the future, but we often use history as a litmus test for what we might expect in the future. One interesting point as well, Steve, is that typically the market's bottom during the recession, not afterwards. So even though the economic data still may be bad, the bottom may be in and the markets may start to rally back even while we're technically in that recessionary period. Right. And I've found myself saying this quite often that the the markets lead us into that recession as well. So by the time we hit recession, uh, the markets have generally sold off to a great extent, which is what we're seeing right now. 
And one thing too, Steve, that's caused investors a bit more anxiety this time around than in past recessions or pullback is the fixed, the fixed income component of the portfolio. Typically, you have your bonds and your fixed income investments to provide that capital preservation, that safety net, so to speak. So when your stocks go down, your bonds hold their value, pay some interest, uh, but you just don't have that volatility uh, in the portfolio. But this has been only the fourth time in the history of the markets where both equities and fixed income investments have declined for two consecutive quarters together. The other three preceding the most recent past six months was in 2008 in the global financial crisis and in 1980 and 81 uh, for the U.S. recessions. And again, a similar economic environment like we have today with some hyperinflation. So really, you typically have bonds in the portfolio and we advise most investors to have bonds in their portfolio. They just haven't provided that safety net. So there's been no place to hide unless you, you know, quote unquote, took your cash out and put it under your mattress, which, of course, we don't advise to do either. Right. I think it's worth noting, you know, we're seeing certainly less appetite for risk, right, in terms of this market correction or bear market in the, in the case of the U.S., where during COVID, we actually saw higher appetite for risk while the market was declining. So it's interesting now we didn't see that that desire for a flight to safety during COVID, we're seeing it now. There's just nowhere to go, right? So as much as we're seeing that that risk appetite come off a little bit, we're not really seeing anywhere to hide, so to speak. And Steve, a slight point for our regular dollars and cents with a couple of gents listeners. Thanks for reaching our COVID quota for the episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for uh, pointing that out. I didn't do it on purpose. Actually. For those who thought it was over, it isn't. It's not over. Right, Rob, and I, I just realized I said during COVID. You know, I guess now is also during COVID. It should be. Yeah. Eighth wave, I think. I think. Yeah, I think people know what I mean when I say during COVID. So, Rob, I don't need to mention COVID again, but I will just one more time because I'm just going to talk about what needs to happen to get back on track here. Okay. We need COVID to go away. We need Russia to withdraw from the Ukraine. We need inflation to come down closer to 3%. <laughs> what else? That's it. That's just it. That? Let's just get those things sorted out. Let's Easy. get back Let's get back to normal. Snap yeah. your finger. Easy. Yeah. No more monkey pox. We need to find a way to sort out these supply chain issues. Oh, and airline issues right now, too. Yeah. Getting the passport. Or your bag and your luggage. Yeah. Yeah. Or not having your flights changed or canceled on you. Anyway, now we're just piling on. Those right. things really aren't that important. It's like low-hanging fruit. Yeah, exactly. Three months away will be the midterm presidential elections as well, too. And there's always volatility around U.S. politics. And sure. In the second quarter of an election year, whether it's the presidential cycle or the midterm elections, there's always a bit more volatility as well, too. But, of course, once we get through the midterm elections, a bit of an exhale, and then we need to start talking about who's going to be the nominations for president uh, in 2024. So that doesn't seem to end, but definitely we'll have a bit of volatility into the no- November 8th midterm elections as well. Lots going on. I don't know. Is today's t- episode just too negative? It's a bit heavy, but unfortunately it's the reality of what we're living in today. But I think at the end of the day, what I want listeners to take away is, yeah, it's been a bad start, but a lot of the bad news is priced in. We're getting there. We're not out of the woods yet, but we're definitely making our way through the forest. So hang in there, you know, listen to our last episode, reframe the negativity. Yeah. And uh, we'll get there. Absolutely. So let's end on some positive news. Okay. What you've been doing so far this summer? What have you been watching on TV? Anything exciting? 
No. You didn't watch Stranger Things with the other 300 million people in the world? No. No? I also haven't seen Maverick. No? Oh, you have to do I've that. I've heard from so many people how it's great amazing. it is. I so I actually it. saw it twice. So talking about going to theaters, and actually an interesting stat is that I heard that movie demand is actually back to where it was. Like box office receipts are back to where they were pre-pandemic. Yeah. It's been a good movie lineup too. But yeah, Maverick, I saw it once. And then I went back and I saw it a second time with my daughter because she didn't see it with me the first time. And I got those D-Box seats where it's like the 4D. Yeah. Worth the money. You have to do it. Okay. That's yeah. I watched, um, what was that movie? I was going to say Minions, but it wasn't Minions. It was uh, Sonic. Oh, yeah. The Hedgehog. With, yeah. I, I watched that movie in those D-Box seats. I, I don't know. I, uh, Maverick would probably be different, I'm way sure. Way better. And the, the special the effects are amazing. Yeah. Uh, so you definitely need to see that in the theaters before okay, it's out. There we go. And of course, Stranger, yeah, Stranger Things was awesome too. They finished it really well. Yeah, I'm looking I, forward I, to the next season. I didn't watch. I haven't watched that series. I'm not as much of a uh, <laughs> movie and TV buff as you are. Anyway, so I don't know if that was that positive a way to finish, but we tried. Yeah. And uh, as Rob said, I think the most important thing is to, you know, reframe the narrative, uh, stay positive out there. Things will turn around. We never know when, but we know that they will. So. Stay positive. If you have any questions or concerns, reach out to us. Happy to have a conversation about it. Hopefully calm your nerves if that's the case or or provide some advice that can help you take advantage of some of the things we're seeing out there. So with that, as always, I am Stephen Ellis. And I am Robert Wolfson. And we are a couple of gents. And we'll talk to you again soon. <laughs>